What's up, everybody? Welcome to Good Wolf Radio. It's Jerry Scarlato. Today, I have a good friend with me, which is a very loose term, by the way. Ouch. <laughs> McKinley Miller. <laughs> McKinley, welcome to the show. Thanks for having yeah. me. Yeah, tell me, how'd you get here? How'd you get in that chair today? <laughs> well, I called you this morning mm -hmm. to see what you're doing. Yeah. See if you want to get coffee with that? me. Um, about an hour now. <laughs> called you about an hour ago. See what you're doing. Wanted yeah. to get coffee with me, and you said you couldn't because you were shooting videos. Mm -hmm. And you said, "Well, you can come up here and be on my podcast." And I said, "Uh." <laughs> it was precisely yeah. like that. Uh, can I finish my muffin first? <laughs> and you said, "Yeah." And then here we are. <laughs> The muffin is important. Oh, yeah. It was great. It's blueberry. Actually, if I remember correctly, it was, uh, don't you already have somebody for that? And I said, no, I don't. I was hoping the answer uh, was yes. Are you sure? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I was trying. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't so, work out. It was a very last minute thing. I'll pat you on the back. Thank you. Pat you on the back for, for saying yes. Because I feel like that was something that McKinley, maybe just a month ago, would have Said no to. Probably. So why'd you say yes? Um, <clears throat> well, I've been really working on building my brand and mm -hmm. being open to more things that'll expose me to making more connections and relationships with people. So, mm -hmm. and this is a great way to do it. Yeah. And what else does this do? Um, makes me uncomfortable. Uh huh. Which I've learned is a great thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have to be uncomfortable to grow. So, here we are. And how have you learned that over the last? Let's start with the last couple months. <laughs> well, um, I up and quit my job. Yeah. And decided to get my real estate license and just passed my test yesterday. So. Mm -hmm. And what was the job that you quit? Um, I was working in clinical research at a company called MedPace in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. Doing so well. Pretty, pretty yeah. cozy job. Using the degree that I had. And yeah. All the things that you're told that you need to do whenever yeah. you go and get a degree. Like get a degree, use a degree, get the job in the, in the same path and on the same career path. Yep, the and textbook. You were, you were doing it all. Yeah, yeah. and I was doing good at it, but yeah. uh, I told myself I would never be that person that had a monotonous job that I hated and complained about all the time and realized I was there. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, no, can't do it. <laughs> can't do it. And I figured no time like uh, the present. How long were you there? Uh, about a year. Was it that long? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Almost to date. <laughs> really yeah but I mean it was a good experience um but it just taught me exactly what I don't want to do with my life and you well you got that pretty quick after yeah I graduated graduating. what May and then started working there in June so yeah it was yeah. pretty quick yeah so you did graduate in 22 then yeah, mm -hmm. just last year just last May yeah really it's been a year yeah I'm getting old girl we gotta talk <laughs> about that perspective. Yeah. So, graduated in May of 22. We're kind of working backwards now at this point, if yeah. you haven't noticed. Graduated in May of 22, and you graduated from where again? Uh, I went to Eastern Illinois University and got a bachelor's degree in biology. Did you? Was it just four years that it took you to get out of there, or was it five? or? No, I actually only did three years. Played softball for two years, um, moved to Chicago for a little bit, hated that, and then uh, moved back to EIU. Graduated in three years. Wow. I didn't realize that. Yep. How'd you do it so fast? Um, well, in high school, I took a lot of uh, those dual credit classes. So I had, had a lot of creds going in, and then I was determined to get out of there. 
as quick as I could. So I would take um, classes in the summer and the winter, just get them out of the way. Nice. Yep. Good work. So you hustled through that. Uh, how did your sports career go in college? Tell me about that. Um, a complete 180 mm-hmm. from high school. Um, mm-hmm. In high school, I'll be honest, I was that player. I was probably one of the best players in Northern Kentucky at the time. And I got to college, and I started playing with uh, these massive girls who were 20-plus years old and taller than me, bigger than me, stronger than me, and uh, really had to prove myself. And so I did well um, my fall season of freshman year and then uh, started making bad decisions, just hanging out with the wrong people, not staying focused on the reason I was there, and kind of fell behind. But then I eventually found my role on the team, and – I still played a little bit, <clears throat> not as much time as I would have liked to, but I made memories that'll last forever, friendships that'll last forever. I still call my teammates almost every day and talk to them. And uh, so, yeah, it was a great experience, and I'd go back and do it again. Cool. Um, you know, I think we all find ourselves in a position at some point, not all, I think most of us do, do though, find ourselves in a position at some point in life where we start to go outside of our normal range of activities and we find different people and we're like, oh, that, that seems kind of fun to be in that crowd or, you know, this feels like, this feels different to be in this crowd and that adds a different level of excitement or a different feeling or different endorphins and this, that, and the other thing and you kind of get caught up in that and mm-hmm. all of that. So, like, having the awareness to be able to pull yourself back in is very important and having that awareness at 20, 21 years old is especially challenging because most people just, like, you know, let themselves dive into the experience and then, like, potentially end up in a rabbit hole that they have a hard time digging themselves out of. Yeah, and I think it was honestly a blessing disguise for me to see that there was going to be obstacles, that I wasn't just going to walk in there and be doing the same thing that I've always done where I knew that I was going to be fine regardless of what I did. So it was good for me to learn um, how to overcome those obstacles and how to avoid them in the first place as well. So, How do you feel like you learned that? Well, it took uh, sitting down with my head coach and my assistant coach and then just being straight up with me and saying, Kinley, you came in here and you were awesome and you're a rock star, and then you started hanging out with certain people and we, did, we don't know who you are anymore. And then I How'd started thinking – at first, I was like, I was confused. I was like, I feel like I've been doing the same thing I've been doing, you know? I'm just hanging out with my teammates, like I'm fine, whatever. And then I sat back and I thought about it and I was like, you used to hit 100 plus balls a day and when's the last time you did any extra work outside of practice? And you used to do this, you used to focus on schoolwork this much. And, and then I was like, yep, okay. And so then I completely switched the group I was hanging out with. Um, Started to hang out with a lot of the older girls that ended up taking me under their wing, and now I've become best friends with them. Um, and so that really, that was it. How do you think that that changed your path? Oh, tremendously. Because I think it opened my eyes to understand that the company you keep is a direct reflection of yourself. That is a good saying. Thank you. I like that a lot. Heard that somewhere <laughs> down the line. <laughs> So, like, that's that's our thing here, right? Mm-hmm. Community. Yep. Building a community of like-minded people, surrounding yourself with a community of like-minded people, 
so that they help, they support you, number one. They support who you are and, more importantly, who you're trying to become because if you put yourself in the wrong group of people and they're not moving in the same direction that you're moving, it becomes much more challenging, which it sounds like that's kind of what was going on. Mm -hmm. But whenever you shift that, then you can actually exponentially move your results forward whenever you put yourself in that right category. Since you've quit MedPace and you quit your job, like what have you done since then? Just to go back to that example. Well, I mean, from the time that I quit MedPace to me getting passing my licensing exam was, I think, three and a half weeks. Yeah. So I honed in, um, spent a whole lot of time around Mr. Bob Schneider and his father, absorbing and learning as much as I can, um, asking lots of questions so that, you know, I know what I'm talking about and I feel comfortable about it. And I think, I think that's, that's what did it for me is changing who I was hanging out with. Not that I was hanging out with anybody that I shouldn't have been when I came home, but I really wasn't doing much. I'd hang out with my friends from work, go coach softball, but that was it. I wasn't with anybody that was pushing me or challenging me or questioning me. And I, that's where I need to be. Well, and I would say also, and I think you know this, but like one of the things that you were doing or not doing was making a decision, <laughs> right? Yeah. So you spent a lot of time debating about what you were going to do next. You were looking at different opportunities, trying to get into the sports field, looking at a couple of different avenues there, and then planning out what would happen after that, like if you could stay there for an amount of time and then potentially build a network and then move on to the next thing and so on and so forth spending all this effort and time trying to plan out basically the next decade of your life, right? Yeah. And then at the same time, like you, you've always talked about this real estate thing and you've been doing that for how long now? Talking about that. Oh gosh, probably since I was in high school. I mean, I think we sat down and I told you that I wanted to hmm. build a real estate empire when I was probably a sophomore in high school. And we just kept, by we, I mean me, we just kept lingering around the idea and finally decided uh, it's not going to happen on its own. So I got to make it happen. So at what point did you decide to just like, and, and we sat down and you're like, hey, here's what I'm thinking. Like, I can do this. I can go on this path and then I'll get paid this much and I'll be able to build a network. And then on the side, I can do the real estate thing. You know, I can try and do a little bit of this. I can get my license and I can tinker and blah, 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 blah. Like, at what point did you decide, what made you decide to just burn the boat on this side and then jump in on where you knew you were trying to go? I think my problem was I was scared to make the wrong decision. But then I came in here, talked to you, and you reassured me that none of these decisions were wrong decisions. Um, and I even talked to some people outside of Thrivology and in my friend group that my good friend group that pushes me to be better. And they're like, you have nothing to lose. Okay, you get your real estate license, you do it for a little bit, you sell some houses, you learn more, you don't want to do real estate anymore. Okay, well now you still have the knowledge to go and invest the way you've been wanting to. You can go get a different job, but still have the ability to invest in real estate because now you know the ins and outs, who to talk to, you can write your own contracts, your real estate agent, and everything like that. So when we talked back 
maybe right when you got out of high school and you were talking about real estate, I, I, I think I vividly remember having that conversation with you and you literally saying those terms like building a, a real estate empire. But when I heard you say it then and when I hear you say it now, I hear two different tones. When I hear you heard you say it then, it was a tone of, I don't want to say disbelief, but like a joking kind of half-hearted tone. Does that make sense? Yeah. When I hear you say it now, it's more of a direct, purposeful tone. Do you recognize that? Yes, and I think it's because I believe it can happen. Mm -hmm. Why do you have the audacity to believe that? Or, or to put it the way society might ask you, why do you have the ego to believe that? Why do you, like, what, who are you to believe that you can do that? Why shouldn't I? What? I mean, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, that was a great answer. I just got the chills, by the way. Thank you. Um, why, but break it down for me. Like, why do you think that you should be able to do that? I think it took me realizing that the only obstacle I have is myself. Okay. I passed the test. That was obstacle number one, whatever. That's easy, done with. Now <clears throat> I just have to grow as a person, talk to people like I already do all the time as it is, even if they don't want to talk to me. <laughs> no doubt. And no doubt. And that's, that's that. There's nothing. People will say that it's money. Okay, well, they print more of that every day. There's a way to get that. So I just don't see, I don't see a reason that it can't happen. So then what do you think are the attributes that you need to build? So, so here's what I, and, and again, I'm, I'm 100% with you, and you know that. Mm -hmm. You know that. And I 100% believe in you, and I think, you, again, you know that. It doesn't matter oh, yeah. what I believe, though. I mean, it's, it 100% it matters what you believe. Yeah. I think it's important, like we've talked about, it's important that you have people around you that also believe in you because then you can also feed off them. But, like, at the end of the day, it's what you think about yourself when you're by yourself. Mm -hmm. If you don't believe it, then it doesn't matter what anybody else believes. And that's, that's just the way that it is. Amen. So... Do you ever spend time thinking about the attributes that you need to build? Like, do you know the person that you need to become? Or do you spend time thinking about the person you need to become? Do you understand that you need to become a different person in order to achieve this thing? Because where you are now and where you need to be, where, you, where you're trying to go, mm -hmm. is this, right? Yeah. As far as the, pr the progress to be able to go. Yeah. I'm not saying you as a person is down here. But a different person is required in order for this to happen. Yeah, and I was actually just thinking about that um, yesterday. I was watching a video about this lady. Uh, it was a TED Talk. can't remember the name of her. But she was saying, she was talking about death. And she said, think about you're laying in your casket. What do you want to say that you've done? What do you want to say were the characteristics that you had throughout that entire life? Because people forget to live like they're dying because they are. And so I sat down and I was like, okay, well, there's a lot of things I need to work on, but if my calculations are right, I got a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> if your calculations are right, you Fingers are. crossed. Yeah. But yeah, I think, um, I think there are a lot of things I need to work on, mainly just because of the inexperience I have. I mean, I've never, I've never been a salesperson before. I mean, I've been a server, if you consider that sales. 
of upsell people, mostly because I want a bigger tip at the end of the night. <laughs> no doubt. But you, I mean, you know the game, sister. Oh, bigger yeah. check, bigger tip. But I think um, real estate's a different world, and so I think I'm going to have to learn to articulate and speak more effectively, if that makes sense, to really dictate what I'm trying to say, but in a straightforward, not roundabout kind of way. Are you going to cry because I'm growing up? <laughs> uh, no, because I think it's all fake. Oh, stop that. <laughs> Maybe a couple of years ago. Uh, no, I'm kidding. So let's dive into that a little more because I think that that's worth thinking about. When you think about someone who's built a real estate empire, and, and the reason that this is worth digging into is because no matter if you're trying to build a real estate empire, no matter if you're trying to lose 50 pounds, no matter if you're trying to become in the best shape of your life and run under a three hour marathon or try and deadlift 400 pounds or trying to whatever, accelerate in your career and get to what upper, upper level manager. Like it doesn't matter what the thing is. You, the person who's required to achieve the thing that you're trying to do, like that person who's there is much different than the person that you are. What you listed were a few like basic things that you need to start with, right? Mm -hmm. And those, like you, you need to know what, what you need to start with. You need to know where you need to start now because you need to be aware of who you are right this very second in order to start to take those steps. If you don't know who you are right this very second and you don't look yourself in the face and you don't look in the mirror and you go, hey, this is actually who I am. This is actually what, what I'm about. These are my attributes. These are the things I'm good at. These are the things I'm not good at. These are the things that I need to start to build on. Then you have no clue. And I think that most people don't, like most people don't take the time to actually do that because they're scared to look themselves in the face. They're scared yep. to go, I'm 100 pounds overweight. I have not been, dis I've not been disciplined enough to actually start to take action. Um, I have not built the willpower to be able to move forward. I have not built the whatever confidence to be able to move forward. Like I, I haven't done it. Like you need to start with what you, what's where you are so that you can know where you're going. But then you also need to know where you're going. You need to understand that it's going to take a different person to get there. So what are the things that you, when you think about a person who has built whatever an empire is in your mind, a net worth of a million dollars, which isn't a lot. That's one building. That's yeah. one building. But a network of a million dollars. What are you missing in order to get there? Other than the money. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that, um. would, that would fix a lot of it. But, but here's the thing. You said it before. Like, money is just money. Like, mm -hmm. you, can go, you could go get the money today. Yeah. How? And what are you missing in order to be able to do that? Well, the banks will give money to just about anybody. <laughs> However, I've got to have a strong foundation, I think is my main thing. And I think that's another part of me getting out of my comfort zone is my whole identity, my entire life has always been tied to sports. And so now I'm like, okay, I have to get everyone to understand that I'm not just an athlete anymore. There's a brain that goes with it. And I also, I know, I know what I'm talking about, you know, I'm, as we can obviously tell, I like to joke around. I like to have fun, but at times, 
I can be serious. And can you? Yes. Sometimes it's short spurts of time. <laughs> yeah. Got it. But yeah. And so I think, I think that is the main thing that is going to get me where I want to be is portraying myself the way I need others to see me. Cause I think if I was to call one of my friends right now that I went to high school with, I was like, Hey, you looking to buy or sell a house? And they're like, yeah. And I show up to show them a house and I show up in the same clothes that I wore when I was in high school with them. They're not going to take me serious. So it's all, I think it's all about how I portray myself because people will perceive me the way I want them to as long as I take the necessary actions to make sure that I portray myself that way. So you said something about overcoming the identity of being looked at and viewed at as an athlete, mm -hmm. as, as only an athlete because that's what you have been your whole life, and that's where you have achieved the highest level of success thus far, mm -hmm. thus far in your life, right? So there's two things to that. I think number one is, yes, being like working to overcome that with everybody around you who doesn't know or who does know you now, but most of the people who you're going to talk to or who you're going to run into or who you're going to build relationships with have no clue who you are. So they have no predisposition of like who McKinley was and where she's built her success previously. You do though. Mm -hmm. You do. So the question is, how do you use that? How do you use your previous success to help you in the future? I think one thing I've always been good at is connecting with people. I mean, me and you, I was 13 when I started coming to the gym and we could sit down and just have a conversation like like it was nothing. And so I think that is one thing that I am good about is just being able to converse with people and which surprisingly is hard for some people today is just to have a conversation. I mean, I much rather call you than text you. And luckily you don't answer my text. So I have to call you, but and yet here we are <laughs> on a podcast together. Oh boy. Yeah. Still not sure how we got here, but, and so I think, I think it's me using um, what I was successful with before of being able to communicate, which in sports you have to be able to communicate, especially a team sport. So that was something that I had to learn very early on and using all the skills that I did learn from being a successful athlete and transferring into it a professional career and adding on to it. So then what were the things that held you back from being a better athlete? Um, because here's the problem with being a good athlete. You ready? Uh-oh. You know what I'm going to say? Yeah, I think so. Go ahead. The problem with being a good athlete, and I know that because I was one. All-state and track, junior and senior year, all-northern Kentucky at football, senior year, played, was a 12-letter athlete or something, something like that, blah, 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 blah. I don't say that to brag. I'm just, like, setting the stage, right? But I was, I was never as good as I could have been. Never. Never. Yeah, I'll say never. So the problem with being a good athlete or a good enough athlete or just above average athlete is that in high school, especially like you're already better than a lot of people, you're already better than a lot of your teammates and a lot of the people you're playing against, you're already better. So naturally, just human nature in general, you hold your limitations, you hold your abilities back just enough, like a little bit, like you're still better than everybody else, but because you're not surrounded with a bunch of people who are better than you. You don't push yourself beyond that limit. Mm -hmm. 
you don't stretch beyond your abilities. You have your strengths and you use them, but you don't take the time to pay attention to the weaknesses that are also holding you back. So what were the weaknesses that held you back that you need to build as you move forward? I think my main weakness was just myself. What I had mean? zero self-confidence, despite all Ironic. the awards. I know. <laughs> despite all the awards, I mean, I hold records at the high school for softball and everything, but I had no confidence in myself. And it would take one bat at bat, and that was that. And so I think that I really, especially in college, I had learned that you're going to fail. It's a given. But it's about how you respond to that. The response is everything. Are you going to get up, try again? Are you going to get up, try again in a different way? Or are you just going to stay down? So what do you say to yourself now <laughs> whenever you have one of those moments? Because being a person who struggled with self-confidence, I'm going to make the assumption, knowing who you are, that you still struggle with it. Yes. Not, not that you let it tear you down potentially in the way that it used to. I'm not making yeah. that assumption. But <clears throat> it's something that we all, like we all work, have our things that we're constantly working on. So how do you overcome those moments whenever you feel that coming on, whenever you feel that lack of confidence coming on, or you have one of those moments where you slip up and you go, ah, oh, that was dumb, or man, I'm an idiot for doing that, or whatever the yeah. thought is. I just tell myself it's part of the process. Um, no one said this was going to be easy. <laughs> no one's done it and said it was easy. So I think that I'm just going to have to take all these failures and lessons on the chin and apply them so I don't make the same mistake twice and learn from it. It's as simple as that in my eyes. I mean, it's not easy. That's, <laughs> that's, a, very <clears throat> that's a very simple way of putting it. It's not nearly that simple in reality. But... It's what you have to do. Some days are harder than others, but. But what happens all those on those harder days, though? Uh, remember why I'm doing it. Just have to, because I. You know this about me. I'm a huge family person, and so my whole ordeal with doing any of this is to show, the kids in my family younger than me that all they can do anything they set their minds to. If Kenley could do it then I can do it because I'm the oldest of nine grandchildren. So if they, if I can just get right here and show them that they can get way up here, then I've achieved something. Very cool. Um, no, I think that you're right about the simple and easy discrepancy. That's something that I say a lot when it comes to exercise, when it comes to nutrition, when mm -hmm. it comes to any aspect Generally speaking, of health and fitness, it's very simple. It's very simple. To talk about. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, <laughs> the strategy is very simple. Yeah. You got to start working out three to five days a week, one hour at a time. Like, it's that, it is that simple. Not, not easy. Those are two different things, though, right? Yeah. It's not easy because it's, uh, I, I, it's easy for me to, yes, it's easy for me to say this is all you have to do, but... It's not easy in the sense that it takes tons of effort and it's going to be a forever process. Mm -hmm. Speaking of process, have you always understood and appreciated that the idea of process? Like, I hear you say that, <laughs> but I don't think I've heard you say that before. 
No. I very much still today am a now person. Mm. I like things done now. I'm mm. not patient mm. working on that as well. Mm. But um, I've learned that it's not going to happen overnight. And I think I really developed that when during softball when I decided that – because I feel like there was a moment in my softball career where I was like, okay, I can be good at this, but I'm going to have to work harder than everyone else. And it's not just going to take one day of me hitting extra balls or taking more fly balls to get it. It's going to be a continuous thing. And so even if I had a bad game, I'd leave before the JV game even started and I'd come home and I'd just be hitting my garage. And so I think that's when I became aware of the process. I think I still lose sight of it sometimes in other aspects of my life. Uh, but I'm, I think I'm getting better at it, especially with the, this whole real estate thing. Because, I mean, I knew the second that I quit my job, there was going to be a long process ahead. And I don't think it's a process with an end, honestly. But I think it'll be worth it. Well, if you want to build anything worth having, then no, there's no, there's not a process, not a process with an end. Yeah. It's a infinite game. It's not a finite game. And that's a problem that most of us have is understanding and applying the rules that are necessary for the game that we're playing. Mm -hmm. And health and fitness is the same exact thing. It's an infinite game. It's not a finite game. And most of us try and apply, apply finite rules to an infinite game. We try and pretend like there's an end. We pr try and pretend like there's structured rules to the game, but there's not. Yeah. Just like in health and fitness, same exact thing with real estate, same exact thing with just about anything else in life. Yes, there's a structure that you need to follow. There's certainly plenty of tactics and strategies that you can build off of in a general like progression that you can follow. But there is no, there's no stopping point. There's no set rules and set boundaries and most people believe that there are and because we believe that there are we hold ourselves back whenever we don't achieve the next level whatever we think that that is or we don't achieve that ultimate outcome that we that we're after and we think we're a failure because we don't achieve that so when you hit your first failure when you do not if you do <laughs> it's inevitable yeah what do you tell yourself when that happens? Uh, well, before I would have said, you suck. You're stupid. Why did you do that in the first place? Now, um, I kind of step back and I reassess of, okay, where did I go wrong? What could I have done different? And how can I change it so this next time that doesn't happen? You know, and I think applying the overall that it's a game helps me a lot because I'm already extremely competitive from playing sports. So I think putting everything in the sense of a game makes it make sense in my head. It makes it more digestible for me so I don't get overwhelmed. So breaking it down and almost like a basketball play. Okay, well, if this person doesn't make the cut at the right time, then all three of us are going to run right into each other in the middle of the paint, you know. And so I think being able to step back and look at the bigger picture and see every aspect of it and understand, I think that helps me know how to progress nice one last question i guess <laughs> you got time for one more yeah, yeah i yeah. think so yeah. yeah schedule open you saw my schedule yesterday <laughs> <laughs> I did. It looked my schedule open. consists of another meeting with you later today yeah it does <laughs> a scheduled meeting though. yeah and we can reschedule that if we need to oh great <laughs> <laughs>
Um, one last question. Okay. So, if you could go back to McKinley in high school, right before she started to make any revelations about process or anything else, what would you say to her to start to get her to move faster, to start to get her to, to take bigger strides, to start to get her to believe that she was capable of more? What would you say to her? I think first I would have to, like I said earlier, tell myself why can't I do it? Like in my head, there was always this barrier that I couldn't do this for some unforeseen reason that was just made up in my head. And I think I would just tell myself that there's, there is no barrier. You're your own barrier. So as soon as you get out of your own head and stop thinking so darn much, you can do everything. And I think that would have made me a better person, better athlete, better at, I think I probably would have started real estate sooner or started to invest or even accumulate money sooner. I think, I think it would have set me up for a lot of things. All right. Simple and effective. But not easy. But not easy. All right, sister. Looking forward to watching you fail and rise and fail and rise and fail and rise and fail and rise. Hopefully the rises are bigger than the fails. I suspect they will be. Thanks for having me, buddy. Anytime, sister. All right, people, until next time, here's to your success in health and fitness mastery.